we interrupt this program to bring you the Southern Lawyer. We got ourselves a tree. We do indeed. Here we are, no dunks, coming at you live from the Classic Factory. I'm Skeets, that's Trey. We got JD on the board. The Indiana Pacers have acquired all-star forward Pascal Siakam in a three-team deal that sends Bruce Brown, hence the cowboy hat there, Jordan Noir, and three first-round draft picks to the Toronto Raptors. The New Orleans Pelicans are the third team in the deal sneaking in here, sending Kira Kira Lewis to the Raptors and a second-round pick to the Pacers. Two of the first-round picks going to the Raps are for 2024, Indiana's own selection, and the lesser of the uh, Utah-Houston OKC pick. And that third draft pick is from 2026 by way of Indy. We talked about it on this morning's No Dunks podcast. If you're joining us live on YouTube, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, it's official. It looks like it's official. It probably just has to go through the (laughs) league here. Uh, But we have Siakam going to the Indiana Pacers. What side do you want to start with here? You want to start with Indy getting an all-NBA all-star guy? player, for sure. Uh, Pascal Siakam, an all-star, all-NBA player, looking for a huge contract. Apparently, he's excited about his potential fit here in Indianapolis. And I think it's a cool move on the court for the Pacers to get a guy like Siakam, who will bring a little bit of a defensive intensity, will be another guy who can get to the rim with all the space they created out there. He shot 40% from three, basically, over the last month and a half. Who knows how long (laughs) that hot shooting continues, but he'll get some open looks playing alongside Tyrese Halliburton. He'll look great in transition next to Halliburton, next to Matherin, Nembhard, all these guards that the Pacers have. They didn't have a wing. They needed a wing, especially if they want to cement themselves as a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. At the very least, I think the Pacers should be locked into the top seven. It doesn't sound like a great advance. No. But a Pacers team that hasn't made the playoffs in a few seasons, hasn't won a first-round series in a decade. I like the move. I like when teams try and win games, especially when you've got a young, exciting guy like Halliburton. It's great to put a star next to him. Yeah, when you look at the East standings, I think most people would agree that there's three teams that sort of have separated themselves, or at least maybe moving forward, are in their class of their own. That's the Celtics, who are 31-9, and obviously the Bucs, and then the Sixers, led by the uh, reigning MVP and Joel Embiid. And then the Pacers probably slot in somewhere here, in this second tier, or at least they're trying to hang on to that second tier. We're talking teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, the Knicks, you know, the Magic are sort of there as well, and then the Pacers, maybe with this move, um, again, keep pace, pun intended, with those teams, or could even leap them and potentially win a first-round series because the deal, the the fit makes sense here. Siakam, I believe, is one of those guys that can truly fit on a lot of teams in this league, the way he plays, how he goes about scoring, the defense he gives you. But run and gunning with Halliburton, even with Miles Turner for a stretch big who can stretch the floor a little bit, open up a little space for all the spin moves uh, that Siakam likes to do inside, that makes sense. Um, are they going to the conference finals or the finals this year? No, I don't think so because there's really good teams here in the East. But I could talk myself into the right matchup, them winning a series, which has been a long time, like you said, or at least putting up a fight and then maybe moving forward with the idea of signing this guy on the dotted line to a big contract extension and then having sort of two stars there in Halliburton Siaka moving forward. I'm pumped that they went for it as well. Yeah, uh, I can't be too upset for a team that wants to accelerate a little bit. Yeah, a lot of teams like to keep the powder dry. We see teams hate to be caught in the middle. Maybe the Pacers end up caught in the middle, but they've improved their lot for this season. Absolutely. Uh, And looking at their 
cap sheet, you know, they've got the lowest payroll this season. They were going to have a ton of cap space in the summer, which maybe they would have used to try and get Siakam, but they thought it was a smarter idea. Let's get him here. Let's see what it have him feel what it's like to play next to Halliburton. Maybe he'll love it, and maybe he'll love the fact that we are already committed and we're showing him we're committed to paying him. You don't trade away three first-round picks, even if they're not the sexiest picks in the world. Right. You don't trade away that part of your future if you're not confident that Siakam is going to want to be there uh, for the long term. So, yeah, we shall see. Uh, the, the Pacers are already great at getting to the rim. They just shot 65% in the game against the Hawks here. So it does seem like they're a fast-paced, just run-and-gun three-point team, but it is important for them to continue to have other ways to score. And I think Siakam is that and yeah uh, they're not in the top three i don't think but they're definitely there in that mix of cleveland miami indiana new york and orlando before this trade you probably put them near the bottom of it kind of with orlando young teams trying to make an impression Mm -hmm. here all of the teams ahead of them have a little bit of playoff experience and that is the case with siakam i think now at the very least you have them contending with cleveland who's playing really well uh with evan mobley and darius garland out of the lineup the knicks just made their big trade for og ananobi Funnily enough, it feels like the Raptors' ex-guys are going to be going head-to-head here. But look at the Pacers. They've already given the Milwaukee Bucks a ton of trouble this season before the Halliburton trade. What if they end up in a first-round series against each other? Maybe they're able to pull off an upset. And when you look at actually what they gave up to get a guy uh, at the level that Siakam is, it's not a lot. I mean, yes, the picks are the picks, and, you know, okay, three is still a decent amount, though they're not going to be very great picks I don't think I think uh, they're going to be sort of more in the teens at the back of the first round but still a guy in Bruce Brown who they've played for what 33 games he's mm-hmm. been an Indiana Pacer you know they obviously signed him after he wins the championship with the Denver Nuggets he has a team option for the second year so it's like okay bye Jordan Noir hasn't really given them much of anything though he had one big quarter once upon a time for yes, the Pacers and, uh, and that's really it Again, this really only comes back to bite them in the ass if suddenly Siakam in the offseason is like, peace, I'm out of here. That's it. Uh, And even then, it's not the end of the world. It would be bad, but it feels like they have some confidence in him coming here and playing alongside Halliburton and maybe having some success and being able to give him a good payday and a huge contract that he would stick around. The Pacers have been a constant in the Siakam rumors since the summer. So, you know, they must have some sort of back-channel negotiations where they're saying, yes, we would be willing to offer you that deal. And maybe Siakam's representation is looking at the landscape, seeing teams like the Warriors and Mavs have exploratory interests with humongous payrolls where they're maybe not going to want to offer him the full max. That doesn't really matter for the Pacers. And like you're saying, the downside... There is a downside, and it's basically that 2026 season. If all goes wrong and they end up having to give the number five pick, that could be bad. But for their draft picks, right now they would be giving away the 17th pick to the Raptors this year and the 27th pick to the Raptors this year. They're getting two of the three picks out of the way in a couple of months here. Yeah, That's pretty good. Uh, So then they have uh, just the 25-26 season really to worry about. And I don't like this as a Raptors fan, but they did well the Pacers to dig in their heels, I assume, a little bit and say, okay, no. We're not trading Benedict Matherin, all right? No, we're not trading our new rookie, Jarris Walker, even though he hasn't played a whole ton yep. for them. Uh, no, we're not even trading, like, Jalen Smith or Andrew Nemhard or, you know, Isaiah Jackson. Like, I mean, again, as a Raps fan, I wish one or two of those guys, of course, were included in this deal for Siakam, but they said wisely, I believe, no, you don't have a whole lot better out there. He's got the whole expiring deal. You're not going to get a great return. Here are these picks. 
here's here's uh, Bruce Brown, who mm-hmm. you know might be a decent player for you, but you can make the decision with the team option. And if you want to open up a ton of cap space, go nuts. And that's all we're going to offer. And uh, Masai Ujiri, I guess in the end, says, all right, this is the best we're going to get. Let's run with it. I mean, that must be the case. It's January 17th. That's a great point. <laughs> right? Like... What weird timing from Masai Ujiri, the OG Ananobi trade? December 30th. Today, January 17th. Usually it comes right up to the trade deadline day, and we're calling it in at 2.57. But Masai has obviously been having a lot of conversations about Pascal Siakam trade destinations for basically a year Mm -hmm. at this point. So he would know the landscape. And if there are no better deals, waiting only gives the Pacers more of a chance to dig their heels in and maybe take one of the picks off the table as time goes on if there's not a suitor there. So uh, I think a good job for the Pacers to pay up to get the guy they really wanted. Yeah, and the other issue with waiting, of course, is Siakam plays in a game and twists an ankle, yep. screws up a yep. knee, hurts a back, and then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, uh, one pick. Uh, no, actually, we don't even want to do it anymore. And uh, we know that the Raptors, they didn't want to have a repeat of what happened with Fred Van Vliet and losing him for really nothing. So they get the three first-round picks. They get Bruce Brown. They get Nora. You know, Carol Lewis Jr., who I always forget is not Canadian. Mm-mm. I always think of him as Canadian, but he's not. Um, you know, he's a forgotten guy in the Pelicans. They're really just trying to get off his contract, yeah. attaching a second-round pick. How would you grade this? In the end, after all this talk and all these young prospects from other teams and potential picks or not, how did Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster do in the return, you think, for uh, Siakam? I think it's a spicy B. I think that's right. All things considered. Yeah. Like, obviously, they would have gotten more if they traded Siakam probably in the summer. Yeah. Certainly at last deadline. And it just makes you think so much about what happened with the Raptors at last deadline. They didn't trade Fred Van Vliet. He ended up leaving for nothing. They did trade for Jakob Pertl. Gave up a top six protected pick. A better pick than anything they got in this trade. Yeah. Nothing happened. They lost to the Bulls in the playoff or in the play-in because of Dr. DeRozan screaming her lungs out. <laughs> <laughs> and then now they're getting three picks with one of them that really, really has upside. The 2026 pick, which is protected uh, top four. Maybe that one hits. Maybe it ends up at picking the teens. But you know, if you can block out the previous trade deadline to see an expiring contract in Pascal Siakam returning three first-round picks, I think it's okay. You also have to ignore the fact that Siakam is like a top five player in Raptors history, a huge part of the championship, and like was interlocked with Masai Ujiri for a long time, basically up until this summer. The handling of Siakam has been very weird to me, Uh, but I think the return, given the circumstances, is fair. The headline looks good. The headline looks good. That's the thing. Bruce Brown, three draft picks. Oh, I think people were caught by surprise. I saw a lot of people, heard a lot of people on podcasts saying they'll be lucky if they get one pick. Expiring deal, basically. Mm-hmm. Pre-agency for this guy. They'll be they'll be lucky to get one. And they get three. Now, are they going to be all that great? We just went through it. Probably not or not amazing. But still, that looks good on a headline. When you zoom out, they traded OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam for RJ Barrett, quickly, Bruce Brown, and let's say three first-round picks. No offense to Jordan Noir and Kira Lewis. They're, they're players. Jordan Noir is a bucket. Yeah, it's true. Bucket. One quarter. That, that one quarter. Yeah, uh, a bucket. You know, that's not amazing. And they just waited too long, is the truth. They waited too long. Yeah, they did. In fact, they sort of doubled down on the idea of like, okay, we got a center in here. They got Pirtle. Hey, let's go for it. Sort of like, go for it, get in the play-in, maybe make some noise. And then, you know, it backfired because they couldn't hit free throws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it was the wrong decision. So now you got to like... Uh, swallow your pride a little bit and uh, and then move these guys if they're not going to be part of the long-term deal. And they didn't want to give Siakam a massive, nearly 
full contract, max contract. You know, Siakam at what he is right now, fine, great. It might be a little different when, you know, there's a, a 10 more million attached to that yearly contract, which it very well could be. Uh, it becomes a little more difficult to swallow unless he stays at this level, somehow gets even better. This guy has sort of doubted a lot of people his entire career, if we're being honest. So, so maybe he's got something new in him, playing alongside Halliburton, reinvigorated. But yeah, I think the B is the right grade. I'm not, I mean, I'm sad to see Siakam go, and we can talk about that. It's the end of an era. Dynasty, really. I mean, dynasty, you know what I mean? Like the one championship for the Raptors. He's the last real piece. Chris Boucher is still on the Raptors. Boucher's still there. He never plays. They should trade him. Some team should go and try and get him. Um, but yeah, him now moving, it's like, oh, that's the end of that 2019, you know, magical championship run. Uh, so sad to see him go, but not a bad, bad return. I wish there was just a young, tasty prospect that just I could get really prospect. excited about, be it a Kaminga, be it a, you know, a Josh Green. You were looking forward to talking yourself into Obi Toppin, huh? Man, uh, <laughs> Nemhart a little different. Okay. You know, even Isaiah Jackson, I'll be honest, I'm way higher on than most people. But uh, yeah, I, uh, sure, even top end. But they get the three picks. And here's what they're going to hope for. Think about that team. I think, uh, JD, you've got the old slam cover after they won the title. You know, And after Kawhi then left, you're looking at Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, Marcus Gasol, Siakam, Norman Powell, Serge Ibaka. Now, some of those guys they traded for. But some of those guys, Siakam, 27th pick, OG, 23rd pick, Powell, 46th pick, Van Vliet undrafted. You know, Lowry, again, not drafted by the Raptors, but a deep pick when he was selected. That's really what the Raps are going to be hoping for here. Like, one or two of these deep draft picks by way of the Pacers and this other team turns into the next wave to pair with Barnes and Quickly and, and RJ or whoever else is there at that time. That's the hope. Fred Van Vliet, or uh, Masai Ujiri's taking a page out of Fred Van Vliet's book. He's betting on himself. I'm going to find some more great guys in yeah. the late 20s here. That's what he did with Siakam. Yeah. That's what he did with all those guys on the slam cover. Yeah. Like you're saying, is uh, building uh, from within, finding young guys, and who knows? I mean, right now the Raptors are have the sixth worst record in the league. Their pick to the Spurs is top six protected. Their team got worse today. They traded yes. their leading yes. scorer in Pascal Siakam. So they're... It's going to be tough to get into the bottom five. We know that that five is pretty locked in there, but the Raptors should be at least uh, in the right position to potentially keep their pick. And you'd rather have a top six pick than lose a number seven pick. Yeah. Even if the draft is weak, maybe you can find the right guy there. So end of an era for the Raptors. I mean, it's weird. It doesn't feel necessarily like a rebuild because instantly they have a bunch of guys who are 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. And, so and look promising. It's, yeah. a, it's a retool for sure. Uh, the funniest comment we saw today after the news broke was uh, our guy, Sep B, who, uh, who wrote, I just fell to my knees at Kipling Station. <laughs> uh, you'd have to know uh, the Toronto subway system to get that reference, but uh, sounds like a great, hip line. Like a, yeah, a great, <laughs> a great title to Lord. a song. I fell to my knees at Kipling Station. Uh, oh, there's the new <laughs> oh, updated no. slam cover oh, no. with everybody gone. After hours, oh my god, no, the bar is closed. Lights off. <laughs> no one's left. Uh, but it's tough to see. I saw uh, Alex Wong uh, tweeting like how Pascal's de departure is is the one that feels the most like unnecessary, right? Because he's breaking it down like Kyle Lowry was moving on at the right time, especially when you considered his age. OG seemed ready for a new team, a new role. Fred got an offer and money that he just couldn't refuse, Van Vliet in going to the Houston Rockets, and it just felt like, with Pascal, it didn't need to reach this point. Because it was, there was a lot of like, huh, 
it was more in what the Raptors weren't saying about Pascal Siakam. Honestly, in like sort of uh, preseason press conferences, anytime talking about the team, there was very little said about Siakam. And then we're, you know, we're, we're learning that they're just, they weren't talking a lot about this contract extension. And what does that mean? They're, you know, not even close, I guess, to uh, coming to an agreement. It's weird. It's a little strange. And, you know, it's not great. You don't love to see him go out on that note. I don't think there's going to be any hard feelings. Um, but it still stinks. Yeah, I saw Michael Grange at Sportsnet had a big write-up about basically the deterioration of the relationship between Masai and Pascal Siakam to the point where Siakam was coming back this season hoping to make All-NBA to be able to hit that super-duper max. Right. And the Raptors are like, we're not going to even give you that to you if you make it. It's hard to be invested in a season if you're telling True. a top-five guy in your franchise all-time, even if you play your best season, we're not going to pay you like that. So weird stuff uh, at the end, you know. Business can get in the way of personal things. Maybe there will be um, a fallout between Pascal and Masai Ujiri that we finally hear. But it was weird. Uh, the treatment of a guy who is a franchise legend for the past couple of months here. Like, calling him out at the end of the season last year. Not talking to him over the summer, like yeah. you're saying. Then calling him out at the beginning of the season again this year. Then we get the released phone call where Masai's like, bigging up Scotty Barnes to Emmanuel quickly and kind of... Not mentioning Siakam at all, which just seemed weird. It's just a weird end to what seemed like a pretty happy story up until the past couple of seasons. Absolutely. I mean, he's like an unknown draft pick late in the first round, becomes a G League star, then blossoms into a starter, then becomes the Raptors' like second leading scorer on a championship team. Do you not remember like the graphics they were showing us during I the finals it, runs I during the playoffs? Today, it was crazy. Kawhi Leonard and Siakam. They were comparing the numbers those two guys were putting up in the postseason to Jordan and Pippen. They outscored him. I know that. That's crazy. I know they outscored I mean, Jordan. And that's Pippen. how instrumental he was <laughs> to obviously them winning the title, and then became then became the guy, the All Star, the All NBA guy. And he is a he eats minutes, man. This guy led the NBA in minutes played per game the last two seasons. So the Pacers have that going for him as well. This guy generally plays, and when and he's he doesn't really tire. He's one of these weird freak athletes that doesn't tire all that much, uh, so it can give you a lot out there. So, um, again, I'll be cheering for him in Indiana, and that's a fun team for him to go to, too. Totally. Sort of sucks it's in the East, if I'm being honest, because we're going to have to see him, but he'll uh, he'll get quite the ovation, I would assume, when he uh, does play in Toronto. And, again, I, a weird ending. I don't think that's going to like carry over to the fan base at all. I don't think it should. That'd be really strange to me. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that the fan base will care. Yeah. I think it I think it's it pretty clearly seems to me the other way that Masai was ushering Siakam out and not Siakam wanting to leave. Pretty adamant about wanting to stay because of the money, you know, yeah, you can get yes. paid the most staying with Toronto, but it's also the only place he's ever known. And just seeing it end like that is not how anybody wanted it to end. You know, even if Masai doesn't want to pay him, I'm sure he doesn't want any animosity going forward. So the Pacers get Siakam for Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, three first round picks. Uh, Kira Lewis Jr. is coming by way of the Pelicans. Just he's coming home. In there. He's coming home. Not Canadian, but <laughs> he's it seems not Canadian, like it. But let's convince ourselves he is. Uh, and yeah, we will see. Now the Raptors play tonight at home to the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry uh, was saying, uh, was commenting on uh, Siakam and the possibility of the trade earlier today. Called him his beloved. My beloved. <laughs> My beloved. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously thinks highly of Siakam. And then uh, I can't remember if the Pacers have a game here tonight, but maybe not. I actually think they have a little bit of a weird little little break here. So we'll see how quickly he gets into the lineup. But it sucks that Halliburton's not there when he yeah, first gets there. I actually wonder, you know, did that have any impact on the trade sort of being sped up? And from Indiana's side, like, 
yeah, let's go get a an all-star level guy while Halliburton's out for a couple weeks to try and sort of uh, sort of keep close to those teams in the second tier, like we said in the Eastern Conference. They have a tough schedule that we talked about with Halley being out, um, maybe. But then again, I think Masai Ujiri is like, ooh, three first-round picks. That looks good in the headline. That's not a bad, uh, you know, bad sort of uh, haul to get back for this guy. Let's do it. And I don't like anything else that anybody else is offering. So he just made, pulled the plug. Yeah, and the offers have been negotiated for a long time. So yes. I'm, surely he has the full lay of the land. And maybe you're right. Maybe the staying competitive in the meantime is smart for the Pacers. Halliburton has been out basically a week with the hamstring strain, which he'll means he'll be – a evaluated again in another week, and then we'll see exactly when he's coming back. But those standings are really, really tight in the Eastern Conference right now. So even a couple of weeks of poor play can get you behind the eight ball. But I don't know. Do you think the Raptors are totally done here? Like Bruce Brown is a guy who could still have appeal to other places around the league with his contract. And he can be moved Mm -hmm. uh, from what we've uh, learned here today. Yeah, that's true. I would say why not. Yeah. Uh, that he'd be available. Again, I, I joked about Boucher a little bit, but I think teams should look at him as sort of a backup big. Um, you know, he has great moments for the Raptors, so struggles to get in Darko's rotation at times. Scary Gary? Scary Gary is another one. Obviously, yeah, he's got a contract situation coming up. A lot of us thought it was going to be Buddy Heald coming to the Raptors in this potential deal. <laughs> yeah, he's still a pacer. And, I love it. And in the I end, love it. it's Bruce Brown. Maybe the Raptors are like, we already got Buddy Heald. You know, it's uh, we got Buddy Heald at home, basically, and <laughs> well, Gary cool. Trent Jr. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, Brady Dick is no. Buddy Heald at oh, home? Oh, jeez. He's literally at home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got, I forgot we had Grady Dick. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, no, yeah, I think the, to answer your question, absolutely. They, should, they shouldn't be done. Still Th- open for business. Look, this season, it's it's weird because you're right. Are they going to catch the, the soggy bottom boys, the bottom five, <laughs> the forlorn five at the bottom that Hollinger called them? No. Still, still you could jump up there uh, with the lottery gods. If they shine upon you, you could jump up and do a top three. You could jump up to the number one pick. I mean... The difference isn't all that crazy. It's like 14% chance of the number one pick for the three worst teams. And then, you know, what are you? When you're the sixth team, you probably have like a 7% chance, 8% chance. 8.3, buddy. There you go. There you go. Okay. Just do, just do a quick sim here. So they and the Raptors the- got the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, bro. I, I wasted I wasted the one good spin no, on it. No, send it in. Yeah, Silver, we sorry. got it. We already got the <laughs> results. Crazy, wow, that was insane. <laughs> I saw it pop up. I was like, was that the Raptors? Wow, leader? it could happen. There you go. It could happen so, to you. Yeah, they could keep that pick and uh, they'll, they'll move on here. Uh, the other part of that is like, they could just as easily be playing in a play-in game. <laughs> like, a, you know, these teams are falling. They're not that far behind. Hot week or two. Maybe this all clicks. Soft part of a schedule, and they're right back in it. I don't think that'll be the case, but uh, they could. But they're not going to be beating, like, whether they won the play-in game or not. Nobody's beating those top teams, I don't think, again. Like, I don't think we're getting a repeat of the Heat, what they did to the Bucks. No, it does appear to me to be uh, the 9 and 10 seeds in the Eastern Conference will be playing to play against one more game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knows? There's a chance the Raptors get in there. I guess you're right. They're only a game and a half back. I the know. The Nets right now, the Nets are really struggling, but Raptors have lost four straight. Uh, yep. They have to, have to start when quickly came to town, but I don't know. Maybe we get another new player bump. Get a couple wins there. Hey, it's possible. It's possible. As long as Ben Taylor's not calling any games for us, uh, (laughs) we might have a chance. All right, any final thoughts here on the Pacers, Raptors, and sort of Pelicans? uh, Three-team deal here with uh, (laughs) Siakam moving over to Indiana. I mean, we still got, like, weeks until the trade deadline. <laughs> and now this the, the top guy is off the board. Uh, so I guess uh, next dominoes to fall should be DeJounte Murray and Zach Levine. Yeah. And with a proven playoff dude like Siakam off the board, I wonder what that does for the offers for the other guys since 
they're definitely a level behind, I would say, yeah. uh, where Siakam was and what he's accomplished in his career. Yeah, but then again, you know, those guys under contract at least. Way uh, different. You could look at that uh, from one side of it. Well, you know, Zach Levine, that's a big contract. That's a big boy. But he's under contract. Uh, and then, you know, the flip side is when they're not under contract, like Siakam's like, well, there's fear he could leave uh, when you make a move like that. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, deadline. Wow, three weeks still? Is that true? What is it? February eighth. Yeah, it's before. I, I I do forget sometimes that they, you know, over recent years have flipped it before the All Star break. Yep. Um, and uh, Siakam, is going to get to host a, an All Star weekend <laughs> in Indianapolis. Once again, you're exactly right. <laughs> That's good for him. You think they'll let him wave the flag at the Indy five hundred someday? Well, do you think we're going to see a photo of him on the uh, court in the airport? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> That's why they put it there. <laughs> Rick Carlisle and Kevin Pritchard greeting him at the airport. Wow. Handing get, him a ball. Getting some shots up. I love it. Right. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Better make the first one, though. <laughs> wow. Coming off a, a lot plane. Of pressure. Maybe you want to stretch a little bit. All right. Well, let's hear from everybody as you're doing right now in the stream team joining us live on YouTube. We love to see that. Uh, if you've just stumbled upon No Dunks, welcome. Uh, hit the like button. Subscribe. We do this every day live at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. Flip it into a podcast so you can look for No Dunks wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Podbean. Is that still a thing? No one's sure. But just subscribe wherever you want to, be it the podcast or YouTube. We're back tomorrow. Tassie will be here. We can't wait to get his thoughts on this trade. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what the fallout is uh, in the next couple of hours here when we start getting some of the quotes. Some of the players and some of the organizations. Uh, Can't wait for that. Thanks again. Till tomorrow morning, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, don't cry because it's over, Skeets. Smile because it happened. 2019 NBA champs, baby. We did it. (laughs) Race today, people. (laughs) 